Collective Cast number three. Seven Habits. I'm in control. You're tuned to the Collective Cast. Agents of the Collective strive to fight, adapt, and grow. Whether facing the evils of the world or those within ourselves, we support one another and leave nobody behind. And now, here's your host of the Collective Cast, The Cryptic Chameleon. Hello, fellow agents of the Collective. I am Chris, also known as the Cryptic Chameleon. Thank you again for joining me along in my journey and yours to fight, adapt, and grow. I hope that this transmission is finding you well. Today, we are continuing the journey through the seven habits of highly effective people. And today is going to focus a lot on, well, who's in control of my life? Am I in control? Or is everyone else in control? Or is everything else in control? Are my emotions in control? What has control over who I am and how I act? So, the first part of this is to think about our inner reflection versus our outer reflection. Where do we get who we are? Now, the the book starts off by talking about the fact that as human beings, we're the only ones that could sit there and think about what we're feeling. We're not just instinctual, but we, we have the ability to think about, well, who am I and how do I feel in this moment and what does that mean for me? We are the only creatures that can really think to the level of the famous psychological saying, and I don't know who says it, said it, or philo- philosophical saying, I think, therefore, I am. We're the only ones on this planet that can come up with thoughts like that. But the problem is, is that we oftentimes, at least I know I do, trade that, that inner thought process or that inner determination for things external from us. And the problem is, is that things external from us don't always reflect the truth. Now, granted, I don't always reflect the true self inside of myself either. But it's a lot easier to deal with the mirror inside of myself that I have control over versus dealing with the mirror that is outside of my, myself. Because a mirror outside of ourselves in terms of personality and actions always is a way of deflecting responsibility from ourselves and it's always a, a false image in some way. A lot of times, many of us, or at least I know for myself, I have determined who I am, not based upon who I think I am, but who I think I should be. That's been a huge problem in my life going all the way back. You know, who who do others tell me that I am? And then I start to become that person. And then that takes the power away from me. I don't have the, or I don't feel rather like I have the same choices now because of that. And these tie into kind of three different determinisms or fallacies that the the book brings up. Um, The first is genetic determinism. I'm, I'm this way because of the DNA in my family. So for example, 
uh, I know that on multiple sides of my family, there have been issues with alcoholism or obsessive behaviors. Therefore, uh, I'm going to be that way because everybody in my family or people in the history of my family have been that way. It's just, it's just the way that things are going to be. So you notice, first off, I'm blaming something I could potentially have an issue with on not my actions or my choices, but on the fact that my family has had a history of those problems. There's psychic determinism. Psychic determinism is, I act this way because of the things that happened to me in childhood, because of the way I was brought up, because it's the way that my parents taught me to be. Well, once again, that's deflecting my responsibility. Yes, I had things happen in childhood. Yes, I was brought up a certain way. And uh, to be honest, I often went against that way of being brought up. We could talk about displaying versus telling how to behave, but that's, that's again, still psychic determinism. I am the way I am because of the situations I grew up in. And don't get me wrong, childhood trauma and childhood uh, perceptions of things around us do help to determine the way that we act and behave. But that doesn't mean that we don't have or I don't have control over my behavior. I like to think that I don't, but it turns out, guess what? I do. The third the third is environmental determinism. I act the way that I act because of people around me. So uh, I want my boss to think that I'm you know, the best person in the world, or I need to be a certain way because of my spouse. I need to be a certain way because of the friends that I'm in, the circle of friends that I have. Well, if I have to change who I am for any of those people, then those people might not be the best people to have in my life if they can't accept me for who I am. I have the choice to do that. And when I was younger, I chose a lot to be the type of person that I thought my friends would like at least on the surface. And I chose to do a lot of things for people based upon what I thought they wanted me to be rather than who I truly was. So we have genetic determinism, psychic determinism, and environmental determinism. All of these things are excuses and are false mirrors of who we actually are, who I actually am. In reality, I control how I act. And this is something hard to accept because I have to turn around and say to myself, all of the bad, negative things I've done in the past, I actually chose to do those things in some fashion or another. And it's really, really hard to think about that. Not only that, but... When I've tried, and I've come to this realization in the past, but whenever I've tried to pick things up and to say to myself, I am going to be in control, I oftentimes end up sliding back and not being in control like I should. The the big thing that we tend to be taught or tend to believe, or at least I tended to believe, is that there's always a stimulus and then a response. And the response is something outside of our control for the most part. You know, if I feel 
angry, well, I'm going to act angry because that's the response that the stimulus of anger causes. I'm going to, you know, you know, lash out. If I feel threatened, I'm going to act angry or I'm going to puff up and like make myself look bigger than I actually am in some way, either emotionally or with language, whatever that is. If I feel insecure, I'm going to choose to act on that insecurity in an, in, in an emotional way rather than to actually handle it. That's the stimulus response model, but the problem is it's not entirely accurate. We're saying, or I'm saying, that, oh, well, because there's this stimulus, I will always respond this way, and that's not always true. In fact, that's not true at all. Yes, if I touch an electrical wire, I'm automatically going to let go of that live electrical wire when I get zapped. That's that's not a, a conscious choice. That's a you know bodily response. But when I'm feeling angry, I can choose to do some breathing work. I can choose to walk away from the situation. I can choose to even fake it and say, well, I'm feeling angry, but I'm going to act in a different way. Or I can choose to think differently about the situation. These are all choices that I could make. So the reality is not stimulus and response. The reality is stimulus choice response. But many times I overlook that choice piece and just go from A to B rather than from A to B to C. Or rather I go from A to C and skip B. So this brings up the topic of being proactive versus being reactive. Reactive is exactly what I just mentioned. Stimulus response. Something happens to me and I immediately respond. I don't exercise any control in the situation. Being proactive means that I control my responses to both external and internal stimulus. Internal stimulus being emotion. I don't have to react a certain way when I'm afraid or threatened or insecure, but I tended to always have acted a certain way in the past. And I've tended to be extremely controlling with the relationships that I've had in the past in order to make sure that I have that comfort that I need so that I don't feel insecure, so that I don't have to be vulnerable. That's a problem. Now, was I aware that I was making that choice? Maybe I wasn't, but I still was making that choice. Our awareness of our actions don't necessarily mean that we didn't choose to do them. So I still chose to be a certain way, even if I wasn't being conscious of that choice, it was still a choice I was making. And again, that's hard to accept because I could easily fall back on the, well, um, I act this way because of you know this, that, and the other. I could easily deflect it. But the truth is, I acted certain ways because I chose to act those ways. Yes, there are reasons behind those choices, some of them very deep and painful reasons, but I still chose to do them. To be proactive means I don't blame anyone else for my choices or actions. How often do we do that? Oh, well, why are you yelling at me? Well, because, uh, you know, this person did this. Or because uh, I'm angry uh, at this. Or because this, that, and the other. Um, Well, I'm actually yelling at you because of you. You did this to me. Uh, No. I'm yelling 
because I'm choosing to yell. That doesn't sound as good, does it? But it's the truth. The other thing that I should be doing, and I don't always because I'm still trying to develop these things in myself, is to choose based upon values, not based upon feeling. So if I was truly a compassionate person to the core of my deep-seated character, then I would always, or at least 99% of the time, choose the compassionate response. But I don't. There are plenty of times where somebody says, oh, well, you know, this is really upsetting me. And I go, oh, yeah, that's nice. Or I'm sorry to hear that. Let me move on and tell you about me. (laughs) Oh, so choosing based on values, not based on feeling. Again, it's going to take a lot of practice. It's going to take a lot of work to get there. But if I don't choose to control my responses and I blame other people for my choices or actions and I don't choose based upon values but choose based upon how I'm feeling in the moment, then I am making another choice. I'm choosing to let everything else be in control of me. I'm choosing to let my feelings, my upbringing, my uh, co-workers, my friends, my situation control me. I'm not in control, but I'm choosing to abdicate that control. I'm choosing to give up that control. That's a scary thought that I have chosen actively to give up control in my life and to be reactive. And that in some cases, I still choose that. In fact, in many cases, I still choose that because it takes practice and (laughs) to develop the skill of always being in a place of making a choice rather than to react. This is what mindfulness strategies and techniques are about. It's about feeling your emotions, but not necessarily reacting to them. And I found that it has helped, but I still have a long way to go. One of the things I thought of when thinking about this concept of reactivity versus proactivity is a a quote from a song by Rush that, that quote is called free or the not the quote but the song is called free will and there's a line in the song if you choose not to decide you still have made a choice so if you choose or i choose to just react i've made the choice just to react i've made the choice not to think I've made the choice not to be true to myself. I've made the choice to run away from the situation and let it control me. Wow. That is a big deal. I wonder how often I make that choice day in and day out. It's probably a lot. And it's something that I think a lot of us struggle with. Now, that's my opinion. You may be listening to this and saying, "Uh, I'm fine with this. If so, I'm happy for you. I'm sharing my struggle. (laughs) I know I have issues with this. The other thing about being reactive versus being proactive is that it impacts the very language and thought that we tend to use. So, for example, 
I might have a struggle with somebody at work. I might have struggles getting along with somebody or with the way that they do things. And I have a choice to make. I could choose to sit there and to bemoan my situation. This person is such a jerk. This person is this. This is that. I could sit there and my coworkers might even agree with me. Oh, yeah, they're, they're totally this. They're totally that. But here's the reality. I can control how I react to the person. So I can choose to work in a positive way with them and not to talk negatively about them. I can choose not to build up the negative images of that person, but to look at the positive things that they do and try to help others to see those positive things. And that's, that's the difference in internal language or internal thought and external language. How many times do I say something like, I can't do this, or this is just who I am? Well, the reality is, it's not I can't, it's I choose. So I choose this over that. So it's not that I can't go swimming in ice water, like in an icy lake, It's that I choose not to go swimming in an icy lake, although I would like to try it at some point. This is just who I am. Oh, that I I cannot tell you how many times I've used this. Oh, that's just the way it is, or that's just the way I am. You know, that's who I am now. No. I can choose a different way would be the proactive way of thinking. So paying attention to my language day in and day out and listening for those triggers, listening for the times that I'm blaming other things for the way I'm acting or I'm blaming myself, like saying, oh, well, this is just how it is or this is just how I am. Sorry, you're just going to have to deal with it. It's abdicating my responsibility. It's, it's getting rid of my control. It's saying, I don't want that control. I want to be reactive instead of proactive. And it's extremely hard. If I, th- if I took the time to think about this, even for one day, I'm probably going to get very, very frustrated with myself because I know I do this all the time because I know that this is a big issue with me. This is probably why this is the first of the seven habits, which is to be proactive. It's the first of the seven habits because if I can't be proactive, if I cannot shift my mindset and worldview from a reactive to a proactive one, then I can't get anything else done. I'm always going to be at the whims of my emotions. I'm always going to be at the whims of other people's perceptions and what I think that they think of me. And I'm always going to be blaming things like my childhood or my upbringing or trauma in my life for my actions. But the reality is, is that I am in control of my actions. I just like deflecting blame because it makes me feel better. The reality is that I do choose my actions even if I choose not to choose them. There are actually two different circles that the Seven Habits book lays out for us that we have in all of our lives that that we have. The first is called the circle of concern. Think of it this way. Imagine everything that you get worried or concerned about. So, uh, oh, I'm worried about this political thing or, oh, I'm worried about 
at this time uh, in our world. I'm worried about how other people are doing things about COVID. I'm worried about how people are going to treat me online on on Twitter. Uh, I'm concerned about this. I'm concerned about that. I have all these different concerns. We actually, I know I tend to have a lot of concerns. Some of them I don't have any control over. They're in the future. Which brings me to the second point. I also have a circle of influence. What I can actually do something about. So let's say I am worried about something in the future. Uh, I'm worried I won't have uh, enough money to save for uh, some project or something. Well, I can do something about that. I can start to save money for that project. Or I can sell something I don't need anymore on Craigslist or eBay. I can choose to do something about that and empower myself. Like I was saying about the person at work that uh, I might not get along with. I can choose to try to interact better with that person. I can choose to upplay their contributions to the business. I can choose to not participate in you know negative talk about that person. I can make that choice. So that's in my circle of influence. Now, can I control that other person? No, I can't. I can't change that person's behaviors, but I can change how I see that person or how I react to that person. And I can also change or help to change perhaps how other people see that person. I can do that. That's in my circle of influence. The goal in life is to spend less time in the circle of concern and more time in the circle of influence. And in fact, our goal in life is to expand our circle of influence over time. How do I expand my circle of influence? Well, I'll use work as an example because it's the easiest one. Well, uh, I keep my promises. I get my stuff in on time. I provide above and beyond what's expected of me. And I take people's thoughts and emotions and read into what they're looking for without them actually saying it so that I'm always providing what they need without actually them stating line by line what they need. Do I do this in real life? No. I'm using this as an example. But if I do that, I'm going to expand my circle of influence. Why? Well, the more that I do, the more that I take on myself instead of blaming other people, the more that I take on myself instead of running away from my feelings, the more I take on myself and act upon, the more other people will see those actions and know that I'm not reliant on them for my self-satisfaction. I'm not reliant on the business to tell me what to do. I can do it myself. And in fact, I could do it better than some people in the business might direct me to. So my circle of influence expands. If I'm always over-delivering for my manager, chances are my manager's manager is going to notice that as well. And then maybe that person will start coming to me and saying, hey, uh, you know, could you take a look at this? You did such a good job for this person. Um, maybe you could take a look at this. And again, the goal isn't to do this for the recognition. The goal is to do it for the, you know, for the sake of being proactive and having a certain sense of pride. So the goal in life is to have a circle of influence that is either only slightly smaller than 
or equal to the circle of concern, which is the stuff that maybe we can't do anything about. I can't do anything about massive politics in our country at this point in time. I can choose to write letters to my senators and representatives. I can choose to, if I really wanted to get political, write blog posts and try to you know, get a group of people together to rally for a certain cause. I can choose to do those things. So I can influence government if I want to, but I don't. It's too messy. <laughs> I don't want to be involved in that. But I'm saying the circle of concern is where a lot of people, including myself, spend most of their time in. And the problem is concern doesn't equal action. It's like when there's a certain cause that's really uh, big in the social zeitgeist, so to speak, that, oh, I'll change my profile picture or I'll add a certain tag to my profile on social media and that means I'm supporting that movement. Um, No, I'm not. I didn't do anything. All I did was signal that maybe I care about that thing. I haven't done anything to help. There's a big disconnect there between saying, yeah, I support this versus doing something to support it. There's also a concept of have versus have or want versus being. So if I only had this, I would be happy. If I had a if I have $5,000, I could do this. If I was more patient, I could do this. If I was stronger, I could do this. If I was in shape, I could do this. If, 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 if I had this or I want this, I want, I want my life to be peaceful. I want my life to be this. Well, those are great statements, but they're reactive. They're passive. It's not about what we have or want. It's about who we are. So I can be patient. I am a good person. I am proactive or I can be proactive. I just need to work at it. Again, very big difference in mindset here. Saying I have to have something or I need something versus I can be this or I am this. Again, it plays into our day-to-day language. It plays into my sense of self, my sense of control. Well, my sense of control of myself, obviously. I don't have control of others. So, having said all this, having gone through the different language things, having talked about the two circles, being proactive versus being reactive, and reflecting on ourselves rather than reflecting externally to get our validation... How do I develop this? (laughs) That's the thing that I'm always looking for is, okay, you're telling me I have to be proactive. How do I do that? (laughs) And the answer is by being proactive. Now, the answer uh, that the book gives, and there's there's several examples in there and recommended exercises. I'm not going to go through them all uh, because you should probably read the book yourself. But the one thing that it recommends is to keep commitments both to yourself and to others. So every time you make a commitment. So today I said, I'm going to write out the show notes for this episode 
and I'm going to get the episode recorded. I, I've done that. I've kept my commitment to myself. I'm going to do my exercise today. That's a commitment that, I, that I'm making to myself. I'm going to do my morning meditation. Well, I did my morning meditation. That is a commitment I'm keeping to myself. I'm going to help with the divorce paperwork because I am responsible for the conclusion of the divorce proceedings, you know? Um, I am responsible for that. I could passively sit back and say, oh, well, um, my my soon-to-be ex-spouse, it's their responsibility to give me the paperwork. Or I could turn around and say, no, I'm going to go and find the paperwork. I'm going to make sure that both of us have everything we need to push this along because I know that it's going to make her life better and I know it's going to make my life better in some ways. But I can take that initiative. I can take control over that. So it's making commitments and keeping them both for ourselves and for others. And that also builds up a certain value of consistency. It builds up a certain value of um, honesty and integrity by doing that. So the book recommends that for 30 days to make commitments and to keep them. To when you say you're going to do something at work, you do it within the time frame that you say. Although I did think to myself, maybe set time frames. You know, I commit to getting this done by this time. That way you're not overloading yourself. Because I know I tend to do that. I'll say, oh, I could do this, 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 and this. And then I'm like, oh, I can't get all this done. But I never qualified that with when I'm going to get it done by. So be a little bit specific, even if it's with yourself. I will get my exercise done today versus I will make sure that everything is ready for this podcast to be posted by next week, but I will record it today. Makes sense. So if you take nothing away from everything we talked about, at least my primary takeaways are one, In reality, I have control over every single thing that I do. Two, to make sure that I have control of every single thing that I do, I am going to choose to keep my commitments, which will help to build up that muscle, that mental muscle to be able to do the things that I can control and to be able to expand my circle of influence rather than expanding my circle of concern. That's the bottom line. Well, that's what I got out of the first habit of be proactive out of the seven effective habits or seven habits of highly effective people. If you got something out of this as well. If, if you're seeing some value from having heard my journey here and participating along with it, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can email collectivecastfeedback at gmail.com. You can find the Twitter for this, uh, for, for this at tcollectivecast. That's tcollectivecast on Twitter. And Again, I believe in the value for value model. If you do truly get something valuable out of this, 
then just show some value back. Give me a shout out. Leave a review on your favorite uh, podcast player or podcast directory. And if you really uh, feel like it, you know, I always have a PayPal link uh, to support me directly because it does cost some time, effort, and money to put this together. So anytime that you want to toss me some money, by all means, you can. I am not saying that you must or you should. I'm saying if you do see that level of value in what I'm doing, feel free to give value back by interacting with me on the Discord or through monetary means, whatever is comfortable for you. In the meantime, I want to thank you for joining me for this episode of the Collective Cast, Agents of the Collective. I want to thank you for joining me in my journey to fight, adapt, and grow. I hope that I can be part of your journey as well, and I'm thankful for you allowing me to be into your life. And until the next episode, I wish you all well. Take care.